Okay, so the power of the Holy Spirit cannot be emphasized enough. I wanted to say that you've heard me mention about a blessing God has given us in this new ministry of evangelization through how you are watching us now through the live streams that Brother Mark set up in Owen's helping with us now and Brother Ken's been reaching through the music and Father Kaz through the preaching and our other Marian priests. We'll have Father Mariusz tomorrow because Father Kaz is out of town. This is a gift. And with it, we have a chance to evangelize some of those who are not familiar with Catholic teaching. Like, for instance, I got an email or a comment online when I mentioned the sacraments. You've heard me say how important the sacraments are. They are the basis of everything. They are what make us different than every one of the 40,000 religions, Catholic or excuse me, Christian religions that are out there. You've heard me say this. Well, I got several saying, Father, the sacraments are not in the Bible. Where is that in the Bible? Well, that's an easy one, <laughs> okay? Uh, baptism, where's that in the Bible? Well, Jesus was baptized by John. And at the end, didn't Jesus tell, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's called the Great Commission. Baptism is in the Bible. What about the Eucharist? Oh yeah, John 6. Unless you eat the flesh, my flesh, and drink my blood, you have no life in you. This is the bread that comes from heaven, the bread that will lead to eternal life. What about the Last Supper, where Jesus says, take this, all of you, and eat of it, for this is my body, which will be given up for you, he said at the Last Supper. So the Eucharist is in the Bible. What about confession? That's in the Bible, Matthew 16, 19, Matthew 18, 18, John 20, 23. Whose sins you forgive on earth will be forgiven in heaven, and whose sins you retain will be retained in heaven. Who's he talking to? The first priest. Confession is in the Bible. What about anointing of the sick? Anointing of the sick is in the Bible. Read the book of James. He says, are there any sick among you? I think it's James 2. Uh, I have to look up the passage, but James says, are there any sick among you? Send for the priests and he will anoint them with oil and their sins will be forgiven them. Anointing is in the Bible. What about the priesthood? The priesthood is in the Bible. At the Last Supper, Jesus washed their feet. That was the sign or the action that they did in the Aaronic priesthood of ordination. Jesus instituted the priesthood at the Last Supper. That is in the Bible. And he said, do this in memory of me to these first priests. What about marriage? Marriage is in the Bible at Cana, where our Lord sanctified it, blessed it. But where is confirmation? Where is confirmation in the Bible? And I had to really stop and think for a minute because... Normally, we would say Pentecost. That's really where the Holy Spirit comes down and confirms us. But it is seen elsewhere, too. In the scriptures of Acts chapter 8, verse 14 through 17, it says, They sent them Peter and John, who went down and prayed for them, that they might receive the Holy Spirit. 
for it had not yet fallen upon any of them. They had only been baptized. Whoa, wait a minute. Acts 8 verse 14 is saying they've been baptized, but they fully haven't received the Holy Spirit. I bet you none of us realizes this. It says they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they, who's they? Peter and John. Then they laid hands on them and then they received the Holy Spirit. What this is saying is there's a continuation of baptism. Now what Postulant Jeff just read is from Acts 19, verse 5 and 6. Let me remind you what Jeff just read you. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul laid his hands on them, then the Holy Spirit came upon them. So they had been baptized, but not yet fully received the Holy Spirit. Well, wait a minute, Father. Baptism has everything. Okay, let's talk about this. The sacrament of confirmation is the reception of the Holy Spirit through laying on of hands. Baptism is the water, form, and matter, as I've taught you before in our seminary courses on Saturday. But confirmation completes the sacrament of baptism and brings a deeper baptismal grace. We need it. It takes baptism and fulfills it. It's the forgotten sacrament. And we're about ready to celebrate the coming of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost, so let's get ready. The highest good in all of the universe is grace. And grace of divine sonship, being we share in the divine life of God, is most important. This is the meaning and purpose of baptism. When we are baptized, we become adopted children of God, but then it is strengthened at confirmation. <clears throat> it gives you a greater conformity to Christ. So the glory of our sonship may now be lived out morally in a world that is full of temptation. This whole culture of ours, it's the medicine of our times. So many people have their children baptized and first confession, but then don't see through to confirmation. That's the true full gift of the Holy Spirit. Jeff just read it. Baptism is the sacrament of our new birth. Okay, now this is baptism I'm talking about, where we become babies in Christ. That's why we baptize infants. Because every person in the family should be a member of the family of God, no matter if you're a day old or a hundred years old. You don't choose when you're born to be an American citizen. You're born in America, you're an American citizen. The, the courts don't say we're going to let you grow up to be 18 to decide if you want to be in your family. No, when you're born into your family, you're part of that family. You don't wait till you're 18 and say, I don't want to be part of this family anymore. This is why we baptize infants. We need to wash away original sin. You don't want somebody at 17 years old still having original sin. You're culpable now. You're of the age of reason. If you say, well, they're 16 or 17, I want them to be 18 to make a decision. They're walking around with original sin. Wipe it out. That's the need of baptism. Now, when we are baptized, we are babies in Christ. 
We still have room to grow. But when we are confirmed, confirmation is the sacrament of battle. It's the sacrament where we become soldiers of Christ. We're now adults. We're ready to go off to war. My uncle Frank, God rest his soul, 18 years old and was thrown on the front lines in Germany fighting the Nazis in World War II. 18 years old. Lost his arm to a German mortar cannon with three days to go in the war. He was all of a sudden, he left a boy and came back a man. That's what confirmation is. Before confirmation, you are a child. You are an infant in the faith. After confirmation, you are ready to do battle for the faith. I believe that confirmation, as I said, is the most underrated sacrament, and we can't forget it. It increases the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit. It says this to us in Isaiah, right? You all remember your seven gifts? Okay, here's your catechism class. Here's your seminary class. Wisdom, understanding, counsel, fortitude, knowledge, godliness, and fear of the Lord. Now, those gifts of the Holy Spirit are supernaturally infused into us. We can't earn them. They're put into the soul to give us the powers to overcome, as I said, temptations of this world as you become an adult. When you become an adult, all of a sudden there's temptations to, to, to money, to power, to sex. These are temptations that we need to be prepared as a soldier. All right? We rise to a new level and we got to be ready. We need the gifts of the Holy Spirit. This is what comes to confirmation. And if you've already been confirmed, it's coming even in a bigger sense at Pentecost. We face tough times. We need the Holy Spirit because our natural being good is not enough. Well, he's a good person, Father. That's great. On the natural level, that's just fine. You need that as a start, a basis. But you also need supernatural grace. You aren't going to make it because the devils will wipe us out if we don't have that protection and armor of God. This is so important. That's what confirmation is all about. It gives us a special strength of the Holy Spirit to spread and defend our faith. Even if it's just living by example, not having to preach necessarily like we do. You know, confirmation really could be described as your own personal Pentecost. Where the Holy Spirit inflames you. It's where the spirit that you received at baptism is all of a sudden burst into life. It's like you planted a seed at baptism. And then what happens when the seed grows? It bursts and blooms into a flower. Your seed was planted at baptism. Now it bursts at confirmation into the, the budding flower of the Holy Spirit. This is powerful. You know, Christ is not Jesus's last name. It's a title, Christos, which means the anointed one. And you know, anointing is what both baptism and confirmation involve. The sacred chrism oil. We were just, um, Tom and Anna Marie, uh, friends of our, our Marian family here, Tom works for us. We went down to a place where the Blessed Virgin Mary in Connecticut at this grotto had supposedly appeared 
And, you know, a lot of people tell stories of smelling flowers as a sign of the Blessed Virgin. And I don't get a lot of mystical experience. I've had one in my life where I smelled flowers years ago when I was coming back to my faith. When I asked the Lord to just help me and I did smell flowers one time. But I walked to this place and this was just a couple of weeks ago. And I had this overwhelming smell of oil. And so I said to Tom and Anna Marie and brother Jason was there. I said to the guy who was there, I said, where is the oil? It was overpowering. And he said, there's no oil. Now the Blessed Virgin had weeped this statue that we went to see, I think it was Lakeville or Lakeview in Connecticut. And she had weeped. Well, what I, I wasn't there to see her weeping, but I wonder, and I should have asked, was it oil? Because this smell of chrism oil was very distinct. It's a balm. It's, it's not like motor oil or, or cooking oil. It's, it's a very sweet, aromatic oil, very rich. And I didn't smell flowers. I didn't see a vision, but I smelled oil. And I'll never forget that because this is what I believe is the key. And maybe it was the Lord confirming that for me, no pun intended, or yes, pun intended. That this is, Father Chris, what you are supposed to teach and preach. The importance of that seal and baptism and confirmation. I think I just said confession. Baptism and confirmation. Powerful. They, involve, they both involve that oil, that sacred chrism. It's a sacrament. Confirmation is a sacrament of fortitude, courage, where we take courage to fight the good fight. You are now being drafted. No, not into the U.S. Army, even though praise be to God for the men who did give their life in our military services so that you and I could be here today worshiping. No greater love hath a man than to lay down his life for another. That's why the nuns used to teach my dad that the soldiers who died in battle would go to heaven because in technically he, my dad asked, is that true? And I said, well, you know, it's not an official church teaching dad that somebody who dies in battle goes to heaven. But when you think about it, it makes sense. No greater love hath a man than to lay down his life for another. Brother Mark and I go back every night to the Marion Helper Center. We work till midnight every night. And sometimes just to break things up, we, we might turn on a, a documentary, something, and we were watching the men who landed at Tarawa in World War II. Somebody made a miscalculation and their boats, they thought the water was deeper than it really was and their boats were running onto the coral. And these soldiers had to get out, dive into the ocean with full battle gear, 700 yards before the beachhead. Could you even imagine you have to get to the beachhead where you're facing intense fire and you have to swim 700 yards even to get there. Thousands lost their lives. Praise be to God because they, we, 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 we pray for them even now, years later. But praise be to God that he gave us those words in scripture that no greater love hath a man than lay down his life for another, because that's what these guys were doing. And so we are drafted 
now into God's army, not necessarily the army like I just described, but the army we're talking about is soldiers of Christ fighting the battles that we are right now in daily society. That's why you are part of Mary's army right now. The Marian Helpers, the Association of Marian Helpers, we are an army. <clears throat> Mary's Marines, whatever you want to call it, this is the battle greater than any storming of any beachhead because this is eternal. It makes a person, this seal in the Holy Spirit makes you ready for that. It's, you're becoming a full member of the church. This is the army we're talking about. The church, Mary's army. It gives you all the graces necessary now to fight that good fight, to be an adult in the faith. Even though you can receive grace, the, receive the confirmation long before your physical adulthood, I was confirmed in eighth grade. So it doesn't matter, well, Father, I should be an adult then to get confirmed. No. An adult in the church doesn't necessarily mean by your age, but by your maturity and your knowledge and love of the faith. That's why our goal here is to teach you the faith so you can know it, then love it, then live it. This is why you're part here. This is why God brought you here. This is why you were brought here. Maybe you found us by mistake. I see all the time letters coming from people saying, Father, <clears throat> I found you by mistake. We found the Marians by mistake. We found the Shrine of Divine Mercy by mistake. But we're so glad we did. You think that's not God's hand behind it? It is. You know, the Eastern churches, the Catholic churches, they baptize infants at the same time they confirm them. We could confirm at the time of Holy, and Holy Communion as well. So the church is the entire Trinity at work. And I want to finish with this. We know that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Tells us that. But it's the Holy Spirit who guides you to him. Mother Mary, his mother, who guides you to him. So the Spirit will focus on the Son and will not speak on his own, but will speak only what he hears. The son does the same thing. The son doesn't speak on his own. Jesus says coming up in John 17, as we're reading this week, that he speaks only what he hears from the father. So the son does exactly the same thing. He only speaks what he hears from the father. The son has revealed the father. Now the spirit reveals the son. You want to get back to God the father? Go through Mary, leads her to the spirit. Spirit leads you to the son. The son is the only way to the father, the way, the truth, and the life. So I finish because this Sunday we're going to put the prayer up at Pentecost. I will be doing the Mass on Sunday at Pentecost. And so we ask you to join us. But I want to finish by saying, you know, when we have the Trinity involved in our faith, we have in many, many ways an understanding when we want to really approach God the Father, we pray, what prayer? The Our Father. We pray the Our Father. That, that's a prayer to really approach the Father. Ultimate goal. What about the Son? What prayer do we have that's designated to really approaching the Son? The Jesus prayer. It's the most ancient prayer that we've all forgotten. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, have mercy on me, a poor sinner. That's the prayer to the Son, to Jesus. Say it. It's easy. It's powerful. But what about the Holy Spirit? What prayer do we have for him? What prayer do we pray daily that you should be praying every day? 
We Marians pray it every morning and every evening together. And I'm going to put the words up on Sunday. So join us at Pentecost. But basically that prayer is powerful. And that prayer goes like this. Come Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Who through the diversity of all tongues have brought the nations together in the unity of faith. Send forth your spirit and we shall be created. O God, who guided the hearts of the faithful by the light of the Holy Spirit, grant that by the gift of the same Spirit, we may be truly wise and ever rejoice in his consolation. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily Masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign-up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit divinemercyplus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's divinemercyplus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily Masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign-up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Dot org. Thank you, and God bless you.